Hi guys, it's TJ. Welcome back to New Zealand Mysteries. This story is New Zealand's darkest secret, a look into child abuse and child homicide statistics in New Zealand from 1990 to 2020. Now, I wish I could have spent more time looking into this subject, but mentally I just don't think I can read the stories and look at these faces uh, anymore. This video does deal with the subject of child abuse which may cause distress for some viewers so viewer discretion is advised. It is not my intention to bring hurt or pain to any friends or family members affected by these stories. All the information is just gathered from the internet and the aim is to highlight the child abuse and child homicide statistics in New Zealand. Quickly before we get started, some information about the show. We are on Facebook, uh, podcast, and of course YouTube. Just search for New Zealand Mysteries. My email is nzmissing at gmail.com. Uh, if you're able to support the channel, buymeacoffee.com or Patreon or uh, into the Kiwi Bank account for New Zealand Mysteries where you can just help out with as little as a dollar. If not, Please just share and um, keep this information in front of people's noses so that it's not such a taboo subject and it's hidden all the time. Of course, if you like the channel, please subscribe. If you appreciate the effort uh, in this video, press the like button and remember to hit the notification bell and select all so that you will get notifications when uh, a video is put out. On the 29th of January 2020, a four-year-old child in Flaxmere was beaten so badly that part of his brain died. He received a continued beating over several days and he will be severely brain damaged for the rest of his life. Just as hard to comprehend is that despite the fact that many people were present when this child was getting beaten, the family has chosen to be silent so far and no one has been charged in relation to the abuse as yet. How can this happen? Then also, on the 8th of February 2020, a homicide investigation was launched after a five-year-old boy was killed. And, again in 2020, Sophia Jackson, a one-year-old from Auckland, died. What happened is unclear as the family are not talking and no one has been charged in relation to anything to do with her death. New Zealand has one of the worst records of child abuse in the developed world. Every time a child has died from abuse in New Zealand, or we hear about horrendous abuse, I should say, the nation is outraged and we find it hard to comprehend how anyone can hurt a child. Yet it happens over and over again. This is Delcelia Whitaker. She died in 1991. She was just two years old. This is one of the worst cases of child abuse in the country. 
Dulcelia died of peritonitis caused by blows to her abdomen. She also suffered from severe malnutrition, a broken jaw, and burns to 15% of her body, and many other injuries. Dulcelia's mother and her mother's partner, who lived in South Auckland, were charged with the murder of the two-year-old. A jury found them guilty, and both were sentenced to 16 years in prison. The homicide report was produced by stuff.co.nz. It is the first publicly searchable database of homicides in New Zealand between 2004 and 2019. It showed there have been 139 victims of homicide under the age of 15 between 2004 and 2019. One in eight victims of homicide in New Zealand is under the age of 15. More than two-thirds of the victims were aged two and under. Of the cases where the killer's relationship to the victim was known, 27% were their mum, 24% were their dad, and 17% were de facto partners. These are the very people that are supposed to love, protect them, keep them safe. UNICEF put out a report in June 2017. It says New Zealand has the highest rate of teen suicide in the OECD. New Zealand has the sixth highest teen pregnancy rate in the OECD. New Zealand has the seventh highest rate of child homicide in the OECD and for that we should be ashamed. On average, one child dies every uh, five weeks in New Zealand. In an 11-month period between the 1st of January 2019 and 30th of November 2019, 11 children and young people died as a result of homicide in New Zealand. Chris and crew Kahui were aged three months when they died in 2006. Their father was charged with their murder but was acquitted in 2008. A coroner's inquest was held in 2012 and it made the following findings. The boys died while in the sole care of their father. That the traumatic brain injuries suffered by Chris and crew were incurred by them whilst they were in the sole custody, care and control of their father. Their father cannot be tried again unless compelling new evidence is uncovered and to this day he has not been tried again and neither has anybody else. So no one has been held accountable for the death of these two babies. Violence against children often begins as physical punishment and then evolves into full-scale abuse. This can cause prolonged and severe brain damage to young developing brains. Children under five years and particularly infants and newborns are most at risk of violence and maltreatment in New Zealand. Experiencing or witnessing abuse in the early years is linked to learning and anxiety disorders mental and physical health problems, drug and alcohol abuse, insecurity and depression, low self-esteem and early pregnancy. 
Every year, Oranga Tamariki receives more than 150,000 reports of concern relating to children. On average, a child dies every five weeks as a result of violence and maltreatment in New Zealand and children under 12 months old make up the majority of this statistic. Children under the age of 18 make up 20% of all violent deaths in New Zealand. A 2012 survey found 7% of youth had witnessed adults at home physically hurting each other and 14% had witnessed adults physically hurting children. In 2015, there were 14 victims of homicide aged under 14 years. 11 of those victims were aged under 5 years old. 20% of girls and 9% of boys in New Zealand report unwanted sexual touching or forced to do sexual things. In 2015, there were 6,491 recorded instances of common and serious assaults on a child and 1,982 for sexual assaults on a child. This is Mokul. He was three years old when he died in 2015. He suffered what from some of the worst child abuse seen in New Zealand. The soles of his feet were the only part of his little body that were not bruised and beaten. His mother and her partner were sentenced to 17 years imprisonment with a minimum sentence of nine years. The highest sentence imposed in New Zealand for the manslaughter of a child. After his death, the nation was outraged and vowed that this would not happen in New Zealand again. There are 14,000 substantiated findings of child abuse every year in New Zealand. Police respond to a domestic call-out every seven minutes. Out of all family harm investigations, approximately one-third occur in the Auckland region. More than half of child victims are killed by a parent or caregiver. Car crash is the most common cause for 15 to 17 year old victims, which I'm not covering here, but we'll do in another video. Alcohol is a factor in nearly a third of homicides in New Zealand. Māori are the ethnic group most disproportionately represented, accounting for 44% of offenders. Poverty and deprivation appear to be the driving force behind the statistic. Ten times more homicides occur in the most deprived neighbourhoods than the least deprived. And there are more me uh, many more Maori living in deprivation. And this information is from stuff.co.nz. So what has been done to try and um, do something about this issue? The New Zealand Police say family harm, of which family violence is a subset, is a far-reaching social issue in New Zealand. Police are committed to reducing the prevalence and impact on families, including but not limited to domestic violence. As part of Police's Safer Fano program of work, we launched Police Practice in May 2018. 
a multi-agency approach to reducing family harm in partnership with iwi, community government and non-government agencies. With the programme, Police Practice, we're modernising the way we collect and provide evidence, introducing new ways to record quality investigations and equipping our frontline officers with tools and skills to achieve better outcomes for victims. We have dedicated staff who in partnership provide specialist services to support victims and offenders alike with the goal to break the cycle of harm in our highest risk communities. I guess that this was only launched in May 2018 so it's going to take at least a few years before we find out whether it makes a difference at all. However, the police did give us a statistic of how many family harm investigations are conducted in New Zealand. In 2016, the total number of investigations was 118,926. That rose to 121,762 in 2017 and jumped again in 2018 where the total number of family investigations was 133,022. This is Nia Glassy. She was three years old when she died in 2007. She suffered from horrific ongoing abuse and beatings that equated to torture. Nia lay in a coma for 33 hours before medical help was requested. Five people were charged with offences relating to assault, murder, manslaughter and failure to seek medical help. Two were given life with a non-parole period of 17 and a half years. Her mother was sentenced to nine years for manslaughter. I have no more words. The Ministry for Vulnerable Children, Oranga Tamariki, was established as a new standalone ministry in April 2017. It was formed from Child, Youth and Family, the Children's Action Plan, Community Investment and other parts of the Ministry of Social Development, bringing all of these services for children together in one ministry. On their website they say they are a ministry dedicated to supporting any child in New Zealand whose well-being is at significant risk of harm now or in the future. And they describe they're introducing a new way of doing things the Oranga Tamuriki way. They also re recognise that it's a journey. We understand the long-term impact of our actions today it's important that we take the time to get things right. It will take four to five years for all the new services, system, systems and processes to be in place. We're working closely with a wide range of agencies, organisations and individuals, including young people and caregivers, and together we'll create a better way of doing things. We will question, is this working? And if it's not, it will change it. Oranga Tamariki put out the quarterly report which gives a snapshot of how they are performing in relation to the outcomes framework. 
it allows us to see how children and young people move through the system supported by dedicated services. The latest report covers the 12 months to the 31st of March 2020, so that's not long ago. They had 83,300 reports of concern involving 60,200 individual children and young people. There were 42,800 assessments or investigations carried out involving 35,800 individual children and young people. And I see something there, and you've probably all seen it, only half of all the reports of concern involving children and young people were assessed or where investigations were carried out, only half. So what happens to the other half? There were 1,100 entries into care. At as the 31st of March 2020, there were 6,100 children and young people currently in the care and protection custody of the Chief Executive. And I've got a couple of statistics about those, but I put it into a chart, which will make it easier. Let's look at that. So the gender of those uh, children in care, female 47% and males represented 52%. The ages, zero to one year old, only 7%, which I think is very low uh, considering how many under that age are harmed. Uh, two to five years old, 22%. Six to nine years old, 24%. 10 to 13 years old, 23%. And 14 years plus at 24%. Uh, we have ethnicity, Māori, 58%. Māori and Pacific, 10%. Pacific 6% and other 26%. So we definitely uh, see that Māori are sort of the, the biggest there with 58%. And I've just noticed that this one here about the age does not look right. So I will go back to here. 7% were aged 0 to 1 years. 22% aged 2 to 5 years. 24% aged 6 to 9 years. 23% aged 10 to 13 years and 24% aged 14 or older. I do not what happened, not know what happened to my pie, but that's okay. A Pahia Tua toddler suffered in pain for hours while his carers callously did nothing to seek help for him before he finally succumbed to his injuries. Ashton Creswell, aged four, died on April the 6th, 2017 having suffered blunt force trauma that tore his intestine. He also had a head injury that was similar to those people suffer in car crashes or when a baby is shaken. He also had 65 bru bruises of various ages all over his body, including his head. Ashton's mother will spend three years and 11 months in jail and her partner four years and one month behind bars and that was just, uh, it was not in relation to what killed him. So there was no evidence either of the peer caused the injuries that killed Ashton. He could have been saved if they had given him medical attention in a timely manner. And that was the, the charges. Uh, 
My question is though, how did they think this was okay? What is happening in New Zealand? Why does abuse keep happening to our children? Why do these children get hurt so often? I, I just don't know. New Zealanders make a loud and angry noise every time a child is hurt or killed. Yet in most cases there is this code of she'll be right mate, a code of silence. Um, and also this pack mentality. We hear of so many stories where it's not just one or two people, it's it's three or four or five people doing this. Uh, these babies and children can suffer from abuse for days, months and even years. And family members and neighbours turn a blind eye, a blind eye and I don't know why. Some abusers and killers of our children suffer from mental health issues. How do we find these people and provide support and help before things go too far? The police, the government, Oranga Tamariki and lots of other social agencies have put in measures to combat these horrific statistics, yet it continues. So what is the answer? And we know that the police have put in their program and Oranga Tamariki has been formed and it's going to be some time before we see whether the, these programs make a difference. But I think it's New Zealanders, Kiwis, that have to make the difference. Something in their mentality. Would you look the other way if a family member or neighbour was disciplining their child physically? Really, would you? Or would you think, it's not my business, I'm not getting involved, she'll be right which seems to be what most New Zealanders seem to do. I have put together a sort of database and table of child homicides from violence or neglect from 1990 to present day 2020. Uh, there's about 250 children on it. It gives information of their ages, how they died, their location, who was responsible, sentences and links to the articles. I've got it in a Word document and if you would like a copy for yourself just email me at nzmissing at gmail.com Give me a few days and I will send you a copy. I hope there is no children watching, but there is some information for children if they need help. Perhaps if you can give these to children. Youthline 0800 376 633 and they can free text to 234. There's also the lowdown.co.nz or free text 5626 there's WhatsApp 0800-942-8787 and that's for phone counselling and kids line 0800 kids line 0800-543-754 and that is open 24-7 of course always tell them in an emergency if they feel unsafe to call police 111 for parents, family friends, whānau. A couple of things here, 
I'm only going to read a couple out but I'm going to put everything in the description box below and on the website. If you need to talk, free call or text 1737 anytime for support from a trained counsellor. Lifeline 0800 Lifeline or free text HELP to 4357. The Alcohol and Drug Helpline 0800 787 797. Are you okay? Family Violence Helpline 0800 456 for migrant or refugee women living with family violence, 0800 742 which is a confidential domestic abuse helpline. And there's a couple more there. As I say, they will be in the description box below and on the website. And please, I urge you, if you think you need help, make that call violence is not okay and uh, everyone needs help at some stage if you believe a child is in immediate danger call the police on triple one or you can contact Oranga Tamariki on 0508 326 459 or email contact at ot.govt.nz please don't think she'll be right and it's not your business Get in touch if you think a child or young person may be unsafe or in danger of harm, suffering from ill treatment, abuse or neglect, or if you're not sure if you should be concerned and want advice or just to talk things through, a social worker will work out how urgent this is and the best thing to do next. So I urge you, um, give them a call. Before I thank my sources I want to thank you guys for uh, being with me for the last half hour I know some of these statistics and stories are hard to hear I know that at this time there's a lot of protests going on in the world some really loud ones and some and it is for very good reasons but where are the protests for this where are the protests for these children we make such loud noise and we go mad every time it happens but then it just dies down and no one talks about it and it happens again and then we go mad and then it dies down and no one talks about it it's like its own revolving circle you know it's just not good enough why do New Zealanders have this attitude of it's not my business I'm not getting involved when we're supposed to be looking out for the most precious, the youngest of our babies, the future of our country, of the world. And if we're not going to stand up for them, who is? Thanks to stuff.co.nz, the NZ Herald, crime.co.nz, tvnz.co.nz, the University of Waikato, for the sake of our children's trust, unicef.org.nz, childmatters.org.nz, rnz.co.nz, New Zealand Police, scoop.co.nz, and orangatamariki.govt.nz. Thank you to all you guys watching or listening. I'm going to take a two week break. This has been quite a stressful, um, I've just spent many, many hours. <laughs> 
looking, reading, and uh, it's put a toll on me a little bit. So I'm going to take a break and get into my study, which I've got behind on. But I will see you next time. Thanks so much.